0: Stop making excuses to stay unhealthy. Choose to be a healthier version of you because one, you deserve it, but two, every person and every interaction you have around you also deserves it. We want a healthier world out there. Start off by you.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders. Dr. Monica Vermani is the author of A Deeper Wellness, Conquering Stress, Mood Anxiety and Traumas. And besides her book, she has a podcast and lots of tips to help you live your best life. How do we know when something is good or bad for us? As a rule of thumb, Dr. Monica Vermani, clinical psychologist and author of A Deeper Wellness, Conquering Stress, Mood Anxiety, and Traumas, tells us that when more days than not don't feel right either because there is fighting, cold silences, or passive aggression then it's time to make a change. Dr. Vermani, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for all the things you want to bring to us today. Thank you very much, Lori, for having me. So let's start with the back to school and routine thing, because boy, I'm hearing a lot about people in a little bit of a funk. Yep, I think the seasons changing have been affecting people and then
0: back to school routines. And Some people are being mandated to come back to work instead of working from home. So there's a lot of change in the air with the fall season. And, you know, it's a time for us to look at more days than not. Am I feeling happy? Am I feeling in charge of my life? We always have to remember that Sometimes we feel a loss of control in our lives and that's when we start losing our routines of self-care, of like eating clean, of maybe we pick up more sugar or caffeine to perk us up in the middle of the day. We might feel like we're not getting enough sleep or we're not having enough time for meal prep or getting some exercise or socializing to just perk us up in our mood. And so many of us have to look at more days than not. Am I taking care of myself? Am I managing life? Am I managing my relationships? Am I doing things that bring me joy? And right now I'm hearing more and more people saying, as the school year started, people are finding new routines that are not bringing them joy.
1: So what do we do about that when we recognize, man, I am not happy? Well, the first step
0: of treatment is awareness. And I think it's important for each and every one of us to kind of take pause and reflections little moments of pause and reflect to just say, okay, something's off here, whether my mood's going up and down, I'm feeling a little more snippy with and irritable with my loved ones, or I'm finding myself time pressed that I can't add in many breaks to have a snack or to eat properly or to do my meal prep or to take just a breathing space. Or I find myself sitting so much that I'm not getting physical exercise or I'm getting stiff muscles. And, you know, I'm on the computer so much that I'm starting to get sore you know headaches or muscle aches and it's important for us to start listening to our body your body's constantly talking to you and I find a lot of people ignore things pop in that you know painkiller or Tylenol or advil to just take the edge off or take more caffeine and bring in sugar to just perk ourselves up in the middle of the day with you know insulin spikes but those are not solutions and so the first step is awareness of am I going through physical symptoms? Am I going through a lot of negative thoughts that tell me I don't have the time or the energy or I'm not good enough or I'm not capable enough to make these changes? And then what behaviors am I doing that keep me stuck? It's always important to remember that whatever problems we identify in our life do manifest in your life in three ways, physical symptoms, negative thoughts, and negative behaviors that we do as lifestyle habits that keep us stuck in patterns. So if you're feeling like that hamster on the wheel, pause and reflect to look at what physical symptoms are manifesting in my body that is telling me things are off course. What are negative thoughts that circulate in my head that make excuses for my behavior that don't let me change, that keep me stuck in old patterns or self-depreciate, put myself down and I self-criticize with dislike that keeps me in a place of not feeling great about myself to make changes. And then the third one, what are some unhealthy habits I bring into place Drinking alcohol at the end of the day. Alcohol is a depressant. It depresses your central nervous system. Is it really solving the problem or are you taking the edge off of a bigger problem in your life? Looking at sleep habits. Am I making sleep a priority? Exercise and breathing. Now with the season changes, we need to look at am I getting enough vitamin D? Am I bringing in healthy habits that can counter counteract seasonal affective disorder.
1: When I listen to you, I think how awesome that you have a book, A Deeper Wellness, that can help us look at those things. But um, as we notice, as we notice we're struggling, what is that point where we say we need a little more? We need a therapist. So it's important for each of us to recognize to be human. We have symptoms.
0: That's it. We each and every one of us have suffering in life, different magnitudes, different types. But when it comes down to it, the fabric of life for every human being is including stresses, responsibilities that feel overwhelming, anxiety. We all have symptoms of mood and anxiety. It's when your symptoms become to a level where they're hindering your day-to-day daily functioning in work, social, intimacy, self-care, spirituality, in your life tasks. Then we need to look at, okay, something's holding me back from being my best version of me. And that's when we have to start looking at, maybe I need to bring in resources or outside help to teach me how to manage my symptoms because I'm not able to manage my symptoms within myself. They're now hindering my day-to-day process, my day-to-day functioning, my life tasks of work, social, intimacy, self-care, spirituality. And when I say work, I mean school too for students. So when your symptoms are holding you back, time to address them, time to look at other people and resources that could help. In isolation, you can do the best you can with what you know. And we all have to be humble enough to recognize we don't know everything. Reaching out to friends, family, doctors, clinicians, resources out there is us expanding our skill set to be a better version of ourselves, to learn the skills, to help us through.
1: I remember that saying, it's okay to not be okay. That's a really cool saying, but I think a lot of people think It's okay for you not to be okay. It's not okay for me to not be okay. The thing I love about your book is I'm just such a firm believer of a daily connection, whether it's meditating, prayer, or reading some sort of book, is that your book can walk us through those things because I think that people can live with a high level of stress and not even really be aware of it. And like you said, it comes out in our behavior. And when we don't do the self-care and look at it, it's affecting everyone around us.
0: Well, when you're in pain, you spill over on others. plain and simple. You cannot have symptoms affecting you alone. When you're in pain with symptoms, problematic behaviors that are unhealthy, alcohol, drugs, you know, not taking care of yourself, your physical symptoms of snippiness or not feeling good or constantly getting sick is affecting your loved ones around you. You don't have the patience and tolerance and you don't respond to things. You react to things and you react oftentimes in places and ways that you regret. And so it's important for us to recognize when I'm in pain, I do spill over onto others. And usually we first spill over onto our loved ones, the people near and dear. And then we do spill over onto our workplaces or society or friends. When you're in a place of health and you work on yourself, you're also having a ripple effect of betterment going around. What kind of effect do you want to have on your loved ones and the world outside of you, including your workplaces? So it's important for each of us to recognize That life is about you trying to be a better version of yourself, not only for your own health, your own sanity, a calm state of mind, but for people around you to also have the role modeling, whether it's your children or loved ones, or it's your workplaces where it's teaching them that, oh, there's another way to behave versus reacting and being mean or insulting and critical and judgmental of one another. When we're in pain, we're spilling over onto others. So having compassion for people out there right now is an important thing. Many people are not handling things well because they're feeling overstretched. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're having higher levels of anxiety, more depression, fear of uncertainty with the times and all the changes that have happened since the pandemic. It's important for us to have some compassion for ourselves, that we're changing and we're going through a tough time, but also the people around us are too. And for us to have patience for people who are not doing well. And so it's important for us to look at being healthy.
1: Two things come to mind. One is I think about as people are coming back to work, and that's what I want to talk about, As people are coming back to work or being mandated to work. Now they're in a situation where if they're not healthy, everybody else's stuff is going to get on them. Whereas if you're healthy and you're Mm -hmm. working with some unhealthy people, you can have really good boundaries. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the fact that people are having to change their routines again?
0: So during the pandemic, I had a lot of people asking for extra resources. And so I started writing articles every week. And if you go to my website, drmonicavermani.com, there's a, a section that's called podcasts. And every week I recorded my articles. I wrote an article. I gave daily tips. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And the purpose of those We're in adjunct to the book and an online platform I have for self-help. It was about giving people tools and resources. Like you said, we need daily reminders to stay on track. I have my own daily quotes, meditations, practices, people I talk to that just lift me up, keep me in perspective. And we all need to remind ourselves, am I doing three to five things every day that reinforce health, whether that's eating clean, drinking enough water, taking our supplements, you know, reading something that's inspiring and putting things in perspective when we get caught up in first world problems or we get caught up in stressing over things that we do have a lot more control over or being able to see the negative, but not being able to see the positive. Sometimes we have to see the good amongst the bad in day to day life. And we do need to bring in a practice to do these things. So on a day-to-day basis, for us to have patience for others, we really do have to work on ourselves, whether the patience is with your loved one, your partner, your parents, your children, or your workplace colleagues and your boss and your coworkers that might be stressed out and not managing things well. I find we all have a responsibility to help each other out. But the first step is helping yourself. Don't give from your well, give from your overflow. Don't give from an empty well. you got to take care of you first so that you have abundance of energy and resources to be able to tolerate and manage people who are not doing well during the times right now because of their own personal reasons.
1: You talk about self-care. I remember when I was a young mom, Calgon, take me away. And I remember thinking a bath is not going to cut it for me. And I remember really struggling with the concept of self-care. And when I'm looking at all these things, that your book, your blog has to offer. It's like self-care isn't just going and taking a bath. It's, it's working, but it's working on yourself and it's allowing yourself to read a book, get some help. Can you talk a little more about that?
0: Yeah. I've had a lot of people struggle with understanding the impacts of stress on our life. And, you know, I have a lot of people saying, well, I go play basketball or I go for a workout or I go take a bath, you know? Okay. But that's not healthy self-care that is something that we can put under the umbrella of self-care but it's important for us to understand stress is when your activity level surpasses your energy level and activity is physical but it's also psychological and mental and so our mind is constantly going our bodies are constantly wearing tearing throughout the day you can't always bring your activity level down but what you have to do is bring up your energy levels and the four sources of energy each of us try to balance or find harmony with are the food we eat. And if you look at your food, many times our food aligns with our mood. We go up and down with caffeine, with sugar, You know, bring in depressants like alcohol or fried food or heavy carbs. Um, we go up and down in sugar and in and, and stimulants and depressants all day long, and we forget that it has an impact on our body. Are we eating to replenish energy, give us energy? Are we eating to just sustain a certain level of energy and we're not eating enough sometimes? Many people I find are constantly weight conscious or finding their appetite goes away when they're stressed out or their appetite craves more heavy carbs and sugar. It's important for us to look at the food we're eating. Am I trying to bring my body to a nice place of harmony, a nice place of equilibrium where my food is actually maintaining my energy level throughout the day? And then the second one is sleep. Am I getting enough? Am I making my sleep quality good? If I have hindrance with sleep, am I trying to treat it? Go to a sleep clinic, get a referral to a doctor to explore if there's something else going on, sleep apnea. Do I have blockage in my airways? Is there you know, depression or anxiety that's impacting my sleep quality where I can't shut my mind and I'm constantly ruminating and I don't know how to shut it off? Do I need to see a therapist to maybe work on concerns of trauma or flashbacks or nightmares happening that are hindering my sleep? It is important for us to look at Am I making sleep a priority? What technology during the pandemic, people were watching Netflix series over and over, staying up through the wee hours of the night and then sacrificing sleep where in the morning they weren't feeling refreshed. It's important for us to look at that. Am I doing things that are unhealthy that impact my sleep quality? Because the purpose of sleep is to repair the wear and tear on your body so that you wake up in the morning renewed and refreshed, clearly remembering things that help you build The third one is exercise and breathing. Many of us, when we're stressed out, feeling time pressed, we go from a place of belly breaths that were deep and rejuvenating and calming to short and shallow breaths in our life. And it's important for us to reflect, do I take pause and reflect in moments to breathe properly, to do cardio or to just sit at my desk and do a five second deep deep breath. A box method breath is highly effective. Five seconds inhale, Five seconds hold, five seconds exhale, five seconds hold, and just repeat five or 10 times just to get to a place of composure, give your muscles more oxygen, allow yourself to feel more relaxed and focused. And the fourth one is a calm state of mind. Am I dealing with things that I'm stressed about? Whether that's money issues, that's finances, that's relationship concerns, conflict at home, low self-esteem, mood and anxiety issues that I should be going to see a doctor to, or like chronic pain, physio issues. It's important for us to look at, am I living life with a calm state where I'm addressing issues versus putting them aside for another day that never shows up? And each and every one of us have our own cocktail of issues of why our energy is depleted. It's important for us to explore those four areas of energy and see if I can lift my energy to match my activity level. Day after day, your body goes through so much and we lack compassion and love for ourselves, and we keep pushing through. And now with the seasonal changes, we also got now, you know, longer days or shorter days with more lack of sunlight and less activity because it's getting colder, vitamin D, adding more to your supplements. If you haven't already, it's a great idea to do during the season. Between September to May, I always suggest people to get a light box, a seasonal effective light box, where just by turning it on for... 20 to 40 minutes every morning to an hour before 11 a.m. You allow yourself to just replicate the deficiencies we get by the lack of light. And it does really make a difference. The key is consistency. We need consistent healthy habits. Otherwise they don't last and they don't sustain a healthy effect on your body, including with this light box. At least you want to do it Monday to Friday, if not seven days a week and before 11 a.m. So it doesn't hinder your sleep. There's a lot of wonderful strategies and solutions, and they're not complicated, but we don't prioritize ourselves. And sometimes on the self-esteem front, I think each of us need to support each other and support ourselves to look at, am I putting my needs first? Am I a VIP, very important person, to myself? And ask yourself, what are the obstacles to you putting self-care first?
1: I always say the kindest thing you can do for your family is take care of yourself. There seems to be some sort of, I don't know, mental block to self-care. You bring a really good point. We become
0: caregivers to a lot of people as we grow up. Your caregivers to your children, your family members, your caregivers to your friends, sometimes your colleagues at work, your, your employees, your caregiver to seniors or your elderly parents over time. It's amazing how we reinforce from a young age not self-care for caregiving others at our expense. And I am a strong believer of one reason why many people show up in therapy is to learn how to take back control, to understand you're not good to others until you take care of you. Don't give from your well, give from your overflow. If you don't take care of you first, prioritize your sleep, your food, your hygiene, your mental health, you aren't gonna be able to support the loved ones that you care so much about. In the healthiest ways. In fact, by you role modeling unhealthy habits, you just pay the cycle forward for your children to repeat the same things that you're doing. Where one day watching your kid overwork, you know, deprive themselves of sleep, not eat properly, have weight issues or have health issues from unhealthy habits of alcohol or drug use. You feel bad that I've taught them role modeled behaviors of not putting themselves first. And I can't take that back. Each and every one of us have to start treating ourselves like the child that we want to raise in a healthy manner. And we need to learn how to take that love inwards. As I love myself, I have more energy and abundance of time and resources to help others. The one thing personally and professionally, I really love to say is I do practice what I preach. I try to bring in three to five things that are healthy for me every day. The book is information that I teach people day in and day night. And I wanted it to be open to people who can't afford therapy and have resources, because that is one of my vows as a clinician to pay it forward to people out there and help them. And if I can help people in greater numbers, why not? Today, corporate wellness. There's more companies realizing their employees are going on sick leave, disability, and that there's a need for employees to be promoted to work on their own self-care so they can go home and be healthier at home, which makes them also healthier at work. It's important for each and every one of us to look at the reason why self-care is hard is we're sometimes raised in blueprints and family backgrounds where self-care wasn't a priority from our parents. And we learn it from our upbringing of being kind to people, but kindness doesn't come at self-sacrifice. In fact, illness does. You are more likely to get sick and cause more pain to your loved ones by you sacrificing your self-care. Start recognizing the detriments of poor self-care and start recognizing the impacts on your loved ones, your temperament, your anger, your anxiety levels, and how you don't do yourself or your workplaces or your family members or your friends any benefit by not being present and being healthy for yourself. It is important for us to turn the energy in. And many times we sacrifice With this guilt, shame, blame, and that's got to go. This guilt, shame, blame is a thought that you pull from thin air and you give it life. You need to start challenging thoughts that hold you back from being healthier. And that's where I think therapy comes in. We challenge maladaptive stories and narratives, concepts and core beliefs that you hold on to that maybe once served your needs. But today, here and now as an adult, it's holding you back from being healthier. And you need to start challenging the excuses that you give yourself to not be healthy.
1: That is so beautiful. I almost want to cry when you say, you know, those things we learned early on served us, but they may have been a survival skill if we have a rough childhood. So turning that around to challenge our beliefs. So give us an example of challenging our belief system.
0: So like, again, my book, A Deeper Wellness is really about you, one, recognizing symptoms, But then also learning how to challenge and recreate and reframe cognitive distortions, distorted ways of seeing reality, excuses we make, the blame, shame, guilt we place on ourselves, which maybe was placed by our parents on us first. But at some point, you are your own person to recognize what works for you and what has turned into that ball and chain that keeps you stuck. It's important for us to learn how to challenge and reframe. Sometimes you know cognitively. I need to eat three meals a day. And then on a feeling front, your anxiety levels or your stress levels make you surpass or leave your lunch at your desk and not eat it. It's important for us to start bringing in healthy practices by challenging the thoughts. Just because I don't feel like eating doesn't mean it's not important. I remember my own fitness trainer saying to me, Monica, there's days I don't want to eat my food, but for my body to do the work that I put it through all day long, I need to eat three meals with protein, healthy nourishment, grains and everything, and vegetables to sustain life. And that's sometimes what we have to do. We have to challenge thoughts that sometimes get blurred with our feelings or stress levels to then say what is healthy versus what feels healthy. And so sometimes you can feel like I'm I'm going to lose my job if I don't get this done in time. And the truth is, if you've been working somewhere where people love you and they're happy with you and you've been maintaining a job for a number of years, you know you're valued and you do a good job here. You know it on a cognitive level, but emotionally you feel like you don't want to drop the ball or let somebody down that may change their opinion of you. You got to start exploring everything in life as possible. I can get hit by lightning right now. What is the probability of it? Probability. It's not raining. I'm indoors. Like you got to start bringing yourself down from a place of hyper alertness to thinking everything is possible and every bad thing I think of is going to happen to me to bringing it down to truthful thoughts and looking at the true probability of bad things happening to you. Each and every one of us are afraid of bad things happening and have a fear of uncertainty that what if tomorrow something shows up and I can't handle it? But let me remind each and every patient I talk to every day, I say, from birth to now, life only gives you what you can handle. You have handled everything. Even if you thought you didn't handle it with tact, you've handled it. You're still here. You're still walking. How can we handle it better is the goal. Trying to be a better version of you and recognize reconceptualizing, reframing, revising narratives, blueprints, patterns, storylines that we tell ourselves, excuses we make are necessary for you to be a better version of you stop making excuses to stay unhealthy choose to be healthier version of you because one you deserve it but two, every person and every interaction you have around you also deserves it we want a healthier world out there start off by you if you get healthier there is a ripple effect out there that makes you a better version of you we just are not reinforcing the right messages And many times we get bought into unhealthy people who are spilling over onto us with pain through guilt and shame, or, you know, asking us to sacrifice ourselves. And sometimes your biggest lesson is not enabling people who are unhealthy, but taking charge and setting boundaries to say, no, I got to take care of me before I can be there for you. And I'm sorry if you feel like I'm letting you down, I got to take care of me in order to be healthy for you. And if I'm not here for you, I'm pretty sure you can step up for yourself right now. We need to also trust that people are capable and we're not the only people to help get the job done and have all these devastating things or catastrophizing things happen if we somehow drop the ball. If you drop the ball to get some sleep, it's okay. If you drop the ball to have your meal at lunch away from your desk, it's okay. If you drop the ball by forgetting something in your child's backpack for school, it's okay. Have some love and compassion that you're human and that you're not going to be perfect. Each and every one of us are perfect and a work in progress.
1: The thing that comes to mind is what you said about how it's kind of learned behavior. And this opportunity we have is mm-hmm. to break that cycle and to teach our daughters and our granddaughters. Everything you said is so true. And it it's like, what if we got to live like that instead of with always... Everything bad's going to happen or the world's going to end if I don't do the thing. It's not
0: about blaming our parents and getting angry at them. You know, they did the best they could with they, what they knew. But at some age, you got to stop blaming them. Take charge of your life and reconceptualize it. Revise it. Bring in resources that they never had access to. Bring in teachings and try to be a better version of you. You're also going to sometimes show them how to be better versions of them while you're around with them. And so, you know, sometimes like I love working with adults because you can gain control over your life and revise things and make yourself healthier, but also model to your parents sometimes another way to be.
1: It's so easy to go. I'm just that way. But how wonderful to go. I don't have to be. Nope,
0: nope. And that's the one thing I've learned from my own life story. You know, my parents are great people that did the best they could with what they had with circumstances, with their own immigration stuff and their own struggles in life with jobs and being in a marriage and not having family support here. But over time, I I had so many more resources being born and raised here that I could make my life into anything I saw other people. And that's what I really see comparison is about. When I see somebody lesser than me, I'm like, hey, I grew from there. And when I see somebody better than me, I can acquire the skill that they have and become them. Each and every one of us can strive to be a better version of ourselves. Sometimes the only person holding you back is you believing in yourself to try. Now with health, with fitness, with cutting down work hours or going back to school and and reinventing yourself to have a new career, believe in yourself to try to do whatever feels right for your authentic being and try. You don't try, you won't know. So the other main thing I'm going to say is right now we're having seasonal changes and each and every one of us need to pay attention to a little more self-care because as we get less active with the winter months coming in, please consider getting a happy light. It's called a light box. There's a lot of companies and a lot of stores that sell them. It sounds like a simple thing, but that 20 to 40 minutes to an hour of light in the morning, you know, before with your breakfast, just having it on does make a difference bring in more vitamin d during this time make sure you take supplements if you're not eating enough in the day and try to prepare try to bring in like meal plans or sleeping aids or you know bringing in sleep routines and buddy system up with a friend to go for a walk or to meet once a week to have a chit chat to lift your spirits try to consider doing three to five things that bring you joy You know, I did a study on depressed people when I was working in one of the correctional facilities and we were talking about things that bring you joy and they wrote down a list and I said, when was the last time you did any of them? And they all said, you know what? We haven't done this for a while. Well, that's one reason why we get depressed. We don't bring the little things that bring us joy. Reading a book, listening to music, you know, a bubble bath, having a cupcake, you know, hugging our pets or our children, painting, drawing, poetry, music, shows, tv show making time for family and friends bring in the little things that just perk up your day look at being in nature or talking to a friend that always lifts your spirits take charge of the energy in your space make sure your healthy habits are in place and make sure that you're bringing in friends and family members that are keeping you lifted and positive and if they're not bring in some boundaries to change the dynamics between the two of you
1: Thank you so much. Your book is called A Deeper Wellness, Conquering Stress, Mood, Anxiety, and Traumas. Where can we get it? On Amazon, as
0: well as you can go to my website. There's tons of resources on com.
1: And you also have a podcast.
0: Yes, I do. And it's on my website. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I do weekly tips every week. I'm also publishing articles on psychology today and they're useful articles with actionable tips. The one thing I take pride on is giving you actionable tips, not just education, because it's one thing to know things, but then it's another thing to bring in actionable steps to be healthier. Let's all take charge to be a better version of ourselves today.
1: Amen. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.